0: I was talking to a very good friend of mine and I said, how do you build self-esteem? And she told me you do esteemable acts, especially being a woman and growing up with social media age and Instagram and seeing the highlight reel. I attributed my esteem to my performance. I attributed my esteem to the validation I received and it left me with nothing. And when she said that, I realized my esteem comes from being a good person, helping another person. I don't have to do this. You know, I get to do this.
1: Welcome to United Conversations for Student Athletes, a Holinsky's Hope Powered podcast supporting the mental health of student athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. One of the things we've talked about on United that people struggle with is finding good things to say about themselves, but also just acknowledging compliments and saying, I'm beautiful. It has nothing to do with how I look or what I do. I am proud of myself or I'm accomplished because of who I am, not because of what I've achieved or how I perform. That's a struggle for athletes. I think it's a struggle for everybody. I know that also people tend to discount the beauty that is within them and the beautiful people that they are by pointing to things in the past or pointing to flaws, things that aren't perfect. And so today we're going to be talking to somebody that struggles with mental health and has quite the story when it comes to uh, what she's been through and all that she's overcome obstacles uh, to get to where she is now. And we're going to talk about that struggle to find beauty in who you are and recognize our own awesomeness, right? So we're going to be talking with Gabby Contreras. Gabby grew up an athlete and in an athletic world, but left athletics in high school and went on that identity search that so many of us have have experienced and one that we've talked about so often and has now found her way back to athletics. She's a professional bodybuilder and she does so much more and is so much more than that. However, she's won some pretty major competitions in the world of bodybuilding, but she also has written a book. She's also writing several more. She's creating a workbook for mental health. Gabby owns her own business, so she's a, a girl boss, uh, which is very cool. Sumave, she has an app. She does fitness coaching in addition to her own competitions. She is also a writer. She is working on a mental health workbook and some other projects in the world of writing. So she does a lot and she does a lot to stay on top of the mental health struggles that she has, but also she works to empower and inspire others to work on their acknowledgement of their own beauty, to find ways to stay on top of their own mental health and to improve and maintain their mental health all around. She does a lot And I'm just really excited to have this conversation because she is such a beautiful person, who she is inside and her confidence and her resilience, just amazing. So let's get going with today's conversation and hearing the story of Gabby Contreras. Gabby, welcome to United. Hi, Josie. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here, especially with all the things that you do, taking time out to um, talk to us is awesome.
0: Yes, it's definitely been busy lately. I enjoy that. I love that. Um, But I, like I said, I am honored and grateful to be a part of this podcast, to be able to share my story and get to connect with you.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you are still riding the high of coming off a big win. I am. Yes, I now carry the title of Miss Diva Bikini International. So
0: that is extremely exciting. Uh, I, <laughs> it was quite the experience. We flew to the Bahamas and got to enjoy a little vacation on top of that. So I am totally, I'm so happy. I am enjoying eating all the foods <laughs> and, you know, staring at my crown.
1: That's so awesome. What part of the Bahamas? Nazaw, NASA. Yeah, I believe it's
0: Nazaw. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I've been there. I spoke at a conference there and um, was able to, to go on somebody else's dime, which is awesome. <laughs> and our basketball coach, Coach Yolette, is there right now as the assistant coach for their men's national team. Oh, no way. Yes. Talk about boss, right? Yeah. that's wonderful. Yes. (laughs) Well, and it's so cool because her hashtag, her brand is no ceilings. It's like, for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. Living up to it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, as we were talking before we hit record about, you know, women boss, like, woohoo. Yeah.
0: Yeah, truly. Something to celebrate and cherish. and, And I love to see it. And it's so motivating for sure. It's just, it's so empowering to know, listen, we all can do this. I can do this. They can do this. And there's room at the table for all of us.
1: Absolutely. Which is cool with the business stuff that you have going on. And I'm excited to hear what has kind of led up to that. So, you know, I asked this of many Gabby, what's your story?
0: What is my story? Yeah,
1: it's not a big question at all.
0: (laughs) Not a big, right? Where do we even begin? Well, My name is Gabrielle Contreras. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Lived there my entire life up until the last few years. I moved to San Diego. Growing up in Phoenix, I was involved in sports from the moment I could walk. It was kind of a rule, even though I enjoyed being an athlete, that I had to be involved in something until I was at least 18. So I played everything. I mean, I did it all. Ice skating, horseback riding, basketball, you name it. And then I found volleyball, and that's, that's what I fell in love with. And that's what I did. That was my sport. So I uh, was always an athlete. I, I grew up with just my mom, single parent household. We are now the best of friends. There was, uh, you know, it was rough my teenage years. I was definitely um, naughty, <laughs> a little spicy. Um, but so I've always been involved in health and fitness in some kind of way. And I've always weight trained. My uncle, he has been my trainer since I was eight years old. (laughs) There's a video somewhere on YouTube of my very first workout that we officially did together.
1: And your uncle's kind of a big deal
0: in the field. He is a big deal. Yeah. Brett Contreras. So he invented the barbell hip thrust. Well, that's, he's invented many exercises, but that's the, the biggest one that we see everywhere. So, you know, and and to me, I'm like, well, that's just my uncle, that's just Uncle Brett. So it's been crazy to see his career just skyrocket and all the things that he's accomplished. And it's really inspiring. I mean, I've learned a ton, especially with how to be a businesswoman and work ethic and what it takes and to, you know, be science based. So I'm super grateful for that. But I I decided, you know, when I was a teenager, I'd always, I'd always struggled with mental health. I was always confused. I didn't understand why my dad wasn't around. I didn't understand why I was brown and the rest of my family was not. <laughs> and I, I just always felt a little bit different and off, even though you know, I, I, my family cared for me so much. I have an incredible family. I was always involved in something. I had great friends. Um, a very good life. I just, I couldn't understand why I was always still sad. And as a teenager, I I deeply, deeply struggled. Um, I had struggled with self-harm and for a very, very, very long time that started at age six. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that it felt better when I hurt myself. And, you know, as I I got older, I just felt like my entire identity was wrapped in my sport Gabby the volleyball player and I, I was very good at it and I was good because I'm athletic yes but also I just had this chip on my shoulder and I felt like I constantly had a point to prove so I worked 10 times harder and extra hard because it was the one thing that I clung to that I felt like oh okay I'm good at this like I, I can do this this is who I am until so it got to the point where that's all I knew, and I didn't have a clue who I was outside of that. So, you know, it was a rough it was a rough go of things for for a little while. I uh, ended up quitting volleyball completely. It was like I woke up one day and I just absolutely could not do it anymore, and I I stopped.
1: When was that?
0: That was my junior year of high school.
1: What was that like to walk away from the thing that gave you so much identity and? kind of accomplishment and that sort of thing?
0: It was weird. Uh, it's, I knew that I was making a choice that ultimately in the long run was going to benefit me because I knew that I needed to figure out who I was and what my future was going to look like. But I also felt like I was abandoning myself just because this was all I knew myself as. So it was scary, um, and it felt very. I, I had so much time on my hands now, uh, between you know school and club, and then coming out to California over the summers to play sand. I was like, "What do I do?" Uh, so I, I ended up getting a job <laughs> at a little sandwich shop, and and it was interesting because I I truly struggled with you know there were all these things that I've been carrying around for years that I had never quite dealt with, and. You know, walking away from the one thing that gave me so much, that woke me up in the mornings, that kept me busy, that validated me, was, you know, all of that was gone immediately. And I, but I couldn't go back to it. For some reason, I just couldn't. I was, I was done. The wit of the world at that point felt like it was too much to bear. And I was in full on survival mode. So it was a weird transition because then with time on my hands, you know, I, I started um, partying a little bit and became interested in other things. And so it, and it was very hard for my family as well because they had to watch their, I was the you know, only child and grandchild at that point. And they had to watch the little girl go from, you know, being active and involved to slowly becoming more sad and more sad and more confused and just detour onto a path that was going to cause a lot of heartbreak for many years. So yeah, it has been, uh, it's been nuts. You know, I, it's funny because if you look at me and you look at my Instagram, I, I have an understanding that you probably see, you know, a, a gorgeous woman, a boss, babe, uh, who goes out there and goes after it and does the thing. But, you know, underlying my story holds self-harm, the suicide attempt, um, the loss of a child and just, you know, in and out of different treatments to try and figure out what is wrong with me, my depression, what is going on, you know, period in time where I I was drinking and and partying and thought I was just a normal college kid, and, and realize, you know, drinking it heightens my sadness. It's not like everybody else's where they have fun and they're having a good time. It's I'm, I'm having fun and I'm having a good time, but I'm also deeply, deeply sad. And realizing that, you know, I need to remove this from my life because this, this is not serving me in any way, shape, or form. And I can see myself once again in that place where I need to make a decision for myself in the long run that is going to feel weird in the beginning but that I need to do for the longevity and quality of life that I'm going to have and want to have. So at 22, I found myself in a place where I, I was so angry given you know, being a kid who was planning on having a kid and then being a kid who was picking out an urn for my kid and so angry with the fact that I didn't understand why I was so depressed all the time and why I felt so different from everyone all the time and why I couldn't just get a grip and had been you know, in and out of therapy and not necessarily because I wanted it, but because everyone told me it was what I needed to do. And it was this constant storm of things going around and and I'd always had a relationship with God and been spiritual, but I had walked away from it completely for a period of time. And that's when my life completely plummeted. And it was like a dark cloud was over me constantly. And one night I, I was in my apartment and I, I just fell to the ground and I was like, God, whoever out there, please do whatever you got to do um, in order to change my life and get me on the straight and narrow and that's you know, exactly what happened. And it's, you know, it's been three plus years since that day, and I, I have to drink, I haven't, you know, I've been very involved in my mental health. I have a therapist, I read all that I can read, I listen to podcasts, I have, you know, developed my system and way in the gym and working out and taking care of my physical health and also finding the balance of I enjoy doing this, and I don't feel the pressure and need to do this for any other reason other than it's just part of my routine now. And you know, when I first went into this world, it was it was different. Of course, I started working out because I wanted to I wanted to look good, right? And over the years, it's developed into me realizing and seeing the other side to health and fitness and how toxic it can be and how detrimental to your mental health it can be and now finding a way that I can help other women of like and men in order to find themselves in their their way of going into the gym their way of eating and living a life that is purposeful and beneficial and not just jumping from one harmful thing to the next and
1: disguising it as self-care That's an amazing story. (laughs) Thank you. And there is so much. There's so much in there that we could go in um, so many different directions, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the identity piece that we touch on a lot at United about walking away from a sport and not knowing who you are and like gathering it up. And there's the loss and there's the looking for happiness and different things. And there's also like, the idea of, well, everybody else seems to be having fun, you know, maybe this is just normal, you know, and not recognizing how that thing, I'm using air quotes that people can't see, but normal thing of, you know, drinking is actually contributing because it is a depressant and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's so much, one thing though, that, that strikes me that I see so much in athletes is like, the way, especially us as women, like the way we look, like if I could just look like that, yeah. then I'd be happy or, you know, I'm working out because I want to look a certain way. And and what's interesting about you is that I don't get a sense that that's why you, you work out. I don't, in talking with you, it seems really clear that like you're not doing bodybuilding competitions because that's what feeds your self esteem. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, a lot of athletes, it's really hard to separate those things. Yeah. So, how how do you do that?
0: I remember one time I I was talking to a very good friend of mine and I said, "How do you build self esteem?" And she told me, "You do esteemable acts." And that changed my life because all I had known from this point was you know, especially being a woman and growing up with this social media age and Instagram and seeing the highlight reel and edited photos of people. I, I attributed my esteem to my performance. I attributed my esteem to the validation I received and and it left me with nothing. And when she said that, I realized my esteem comes from being a good person, helping another person, you know, showing up as the, the woman I want to be in all areas of my life. You know, by by not having conditional love for people and things, and that, like I said, that just changed everything for me because I was able to officially remove my identity from the things that I do. You know, I'm not just a bodybuilder now. I'm not just a fitness coach. There's there's so many things that I I love and enjoy, and I remember feeling the pressure as you know in my early twenties of. I need to choose the box I will be in and I need to stay in that box and just make a home there. And it bothered me because I was like, I just feel like I, there's so many boxes I want to be a part of. I want to do it all. And, and we can (laughs) for the most part. So it's nice that I can do these competitions and do these shows and have a pretty healthy attitude about it. But during the midst of it and prep it's constant work because you see all these gorgeous women on Instagram and we don't look anything alike. So it's very easy to be like, well, I don't look like that, you know, and and she looks so good and she's doing the same show as I am. Like, what am I going to do? And it has nothing to do with what the other person looks like. And it's, you know, if I've learned anything through especially this last show, I just went out there and just had fun. I said, you know what? (laughs) I worked hard for months, right? Four months, just for 10 minutes on stage. I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to do my thing, my little dance, my little routine. I'm going to smile. I'm going to enjoy myself. My family is here. We've traveled all the way to the Bahamas. There's no reason that I'm going to come on here and not go with a feeling of just happiness and being grateful that I've even made it this far. And I even get the opportunity to do so. So it's constantly working on that shift in mindset where it's, you know, I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I'm not getting paid to do this. I get to do this and I choose to do this because I enjoy being involved with something. And I enjoy having that firsthand experimentation that I can relay back to clients and other women about my experience and what I've learned, because like I said, the, the social media age we live in, it's so easy to go on and, and compare. Um, We had talked briefly before this about genetics and the genetic factor and the grass is always greener for everyone else. You know, I'm sure people look at me in the title I hold and are like, I'm sure there's nothing she doesn't, you know, like about herself, but I have my things that I can be insecure about. Of course, you know, I, there's, there's plenty of things I could sit here and say, Oh, I wish I had more of this and less of that. But I, I'm grateful for my, my body and what it does for me. And I'm grateful to still be here because I had mentioned that I, I tried to unalive myself. And when I zoom out and I look at the bigger picture I'm blessed that I'm I'm still here and I still get the chance. I'm grateful that I have two legs, two arms, you know, that there's no big health concern or or condition or something going on where I'm not able to do these things. So taking that and taking the beautiful experiences that I get through this and the women I get to meet, it's it changes everything for me.
1: I'm blown away. Because when you can find that in a world where I think outside looking in, I know this is shocking to everyone listening. I have not done a bodybuilding competition ever. So but a little, little bit of funny there. But um, no, I it's just fascinating because outside looking in, you say there's all these gorgeous women and like, but it's not about how I look, you know, outside looking in, I have actually been to a bodybuilding competition because a friend of mine mm-hmm. who, and she blows me away. She's had four kids and she went up there and like, she busted yeah. it out and like in <laughs> her, you know, heels and everything. And I was like, I can't even walk in heels, um, which probably would exclude me from doing them anyway. But... <laughs> among the others. only reason. Yeah, it's the okay. only reason for sure. But but what I'm saying is like sitting there it's like okay, this competition looks like it's about how pretty you are mm-hmm. and about how, you know, boss your body is. And mm-hmm. your one of your comments that you said without even thinking about it is it's not. Yeah. And which is fascinating, right? And mm-hmm. because even beauty pageants aren't really about that even. And yeah. I know that from working with some people in different um, ways that are a part of that world. That's just fascinating to me. No, it makes total sense. I mean, it's, and it's true. There's a set criteria, of course,
0: that they, especially, you know, within each federation, there's a set criteria that they look for and that they like. I do WBFF. They like a more fuller look. Uh, which is great because I don't have to extreme diet (laughs) or do crazy cardio. Uh, But they, they talk a lot about just, you know, that you want, they want you to have fun out there. They want you to own the stage. And it's true. It's you, you feel so beautiful because you know, your, your physique is on point. You, their makeup team is incredible. You know, you look absolutely gorgeous and it's, it's like you just go out there and it's the confidence you exude. So, and they've even said, you could have the best physique, but that doesn't mean you're going to win because it's the confidence you exude. It's the character you have, who you are off the stage, all of that. And it shows, it 100% shows. You know, being happy for your other competitors and all weekend long, you know, are are you going out there and are you meeting people and are you showing up for them? And all of that plays into to your performance and, you know, the overall, you know, judging. Uh, so, so that's nice to know too, because it's like, it encourages just having fun and feeling good and looking at yourself and being like, I look good. I look great. <laughs> you know? And we all should feel that way. And, and it's nice. It's nice to remove that element of, I need to look absolutely perfect because that does nothing for anybody. And it just doesn't matter at the end of the day.
1: Well, and who's creating that checklist of what perfection is? Right, right. Well, especially with body dysmorphia,
0: which is Mm -hmm. so prevalent (laughs) within health and fitness, especially bodybuilding. It's, I mean, I've had many conversations with people where I'm like, you are, you look like a goddess, Right. like you've been sculpted and they just can't see it. And I've also been that person too. I've spent many times my first prep sobbing because I just
1: could not see what other people saw. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's prevalent among athletes, like anybody that whose world revolves around their body and what their body does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I know men struggle with that too.
0: Yeah. And I wish, and that, well, I'm, I'm seeing that the conversation is becoming more prevalent in men, which is very nice to see because- Unneeded pressure and expectation is just, it's unfortunate.
1: It is. And this is something too that tons of people, not just women, but people have had. And it's come up a few times in different conversations with athletes um, recently that tendency to pick an area where we're going to berate ourselves or we're going to like cut ourselves down when somebody pays us a compliment so that we don't come across as arrogant and i would imagine that's been a struggle for you because you are in a place where you know it is important to acknowledge your beauty and your like physical and otherwise right yeah. the fact that it's not your your beauty is not just about how you look physically and that can be really scary yeah especially because women don't I mean there are a lot of women that don't like that (laughs) (laughs) right and it's
0: it's like why it's it's crazy you say that because I'm currently working on a chapter right now in my workbook called learn to take a compliment (sighs) because it's so true it's why do we someone compliments us and why do we immediately like uh no like this is going on (laughs) you know thanks but no thanks you know and immediately go to what we think is wrong and it's I uh, what I started to talk about is it's almost You know, people see things in us that we don't always see. And it gives them an opportunity to, for us all to share and have a moment where we can just appreciate us, right? So if I were to compliment you and you say, thank you, that means a lot to me. We get to share and have a moment where we get to just appreciate you and how wonderful you are. And that's beautiful. And with no strings attached, you know, we just get to have that and we should let each other have that. I love giving people compliments. I love letting people know how much I love them. And I want them to fully absorb that. So, you know, if someone's complimenting me and I'm pushing it away, I'm just blocking their love and blocking how much they care for me. And I continue to live in this isolated, lonely life where I don't think I'm good enough or whatever enough. And that's definitely something I've had to work on is just be like, yeah, thank you. And then see it and feel it. You know, like, you're, you know what, you're right, because who or what am I comparing myself to when I say, well, no, or like, thanks, but, you know, I, my tummy is a little fluffy right now. You know, someone's like, oh, your physique looks great. And I go, yeah, well, my stomach is a little fluffy right now. What? (laughs) In comparison to what? (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's always easier just because of the way we're wired biologically, we're wired to protect ourselves against threat. And one of the biggest threats we have now, um, you know, we talk a lot about how our, our body doesn't really know that we have evolved past the point of needing to protect ourselves against the tiger attack. Well, now the tiger attack is rejection. Because yeah. our place in society is such that that's where we are going to feel the most uh, yeah. you know, negativity. So, so in that, we tend to protect ourselves by building up all the things that we know, and again, using air quotes, to be wrong with us so that if somebody points it out, we don't feel the sting so much. Yeah, but we're not biologically wired to build up all the things that are good about us, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that's why it takes more work and that's why it's so important. And we also need to rely on each other so that when somebody says like, you know, gosh, your smile is so great. It just exudes your spirit Mm -hmm. to say, thanks. That means a lot to me because, you know, that's, that's pretty accurate that I'm happy or whatever it is. Right. You know, it's like, Oh gosh, I can't get too comfortable in that because what if I get knocked down and it's like, well, you know, you can always knock yourself down or somebody can always, you know, but it's like, there's so much good that we miss. There's so much
0: good that we miss. And,
1: And I feel like it's, there's also another
0: end to, the accepting a compliment where you don't want to the fear of turning into someone who is just this you know cocky individual. I know for myself I felt that felt that where I don't want to it's uncomfortable to think, well what if I turned into this person that was so overly confident and then I was that girl. <laughs> you know? Yeah which there's nothing wrong with it but just if it went to to the extreme and then I completely changed as a person which is you know at the end of the day i know that that's not real that's not realistic that's not who i am that's not my character but it's a scary thought because i don't it's unfamiliar you know i don't know what it's like to always walk around and have the utmost confidence and belief in myself right right I'm, i'm still learning so it's it's scary to be like well what happens it's like the fear of happiness Mm. you know where you're like well i'm scared of being happy because all i've ever known is a house on fire so who am i going to be like the unknown (laughs) really quick i my little cousin was in town and he was playing at the beach and he his shorts fell down (laughs) and he accidentally mooned everybody (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure and and he was so embarrassed and he was so, mm. he was crying and he was so upset and I said and he was like you laughed at me and I said and you know I want to tell you something no one has the power to laugh at you if you can laugh at yourself and he kind of rolled his eyes a little too young he was a little upset but it was I was like well that was incredible for myself to hear because it's it's the truth no one can reject me if I already accept myself
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important, you know, and it's interesting because you have been through so much with things that we didn't touch on because we have, you know, a short podcast and it's not necessarily, it is, it is super, super important, but it's not your main message. Mm -hmm. So you have been through a time so dark where you wanted to end your life you have been through a time that was so scary because you were very very young and pregnant and lost the baby and that loss is you know part of your story the details are important but they're not vital to connecting with others because right. you know the the point is not that i mean i think that so many people, so many athletes and just humans walk around and say, man, if I could, if I could look like that, or if I could be like that. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we ignore the fact that that person has a story too, you know, and looking like that and being like that and having that attitude and having that take on life doesn't have to do with the history it has to do with how that history is read we all have a narrative and a story that we tell ourselves and i think one of the fears in being confident and being you know shame free in fact yeah is the fear of well maybe i'm just telling myself that you know (laughs) and somebody else is going to point out the truth well it's your truth. So own it and tell it the way you want and the way that is, is truthful.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's like, who, who is anyone else to tell me what my truth is? And all I know is, yes, it's not what, what happens to me, but how I choose to handle it. And life has shown me that life will continue to happen over and over and over again. And I fully know and understand that I want to live life more than anything else. So when my depression starts to creep in and when those thoughts start to creep in, that, you know, or, or the uncomfortable, oh no, it's back again. I have to remind myself, I want to live life more than anything. And that is why it's so, you know, I just I want this feeling to end. And I, I really have to acknowledge the fact that for me, I don't just struggle with situational depression, mm-hmm. or anxiety. It's, it's when everything is going great. <laughs> um, I, I can't predict when it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know that for me to think I'm good now and it'll never happen again would just be setting myself up for failure you know, and cutting mm-hmm. myself short. Uh, And and I enjoy it, you know, not because anyone tells me I need to do it or that I should do it, but because the feeling I feel, I, I know that even when it's dark and it doesn't seem so bright outside and it's a little harder to get out of bed in the morning, I know that it'll pass and I know that I'm able to help another person and connect with them and relate to them. And I know that, you know, the work here is not done yet. And there's so much more to do in regards to, you know, mental health, ex- you know, specifically with being an athlete and, you know, a, a bodybuilder <laughs> in that world. So,
1: yeah. You know, my favorite quote of all time, and there's many, but my favorite one that has never been topped is Albert Camus. And it's, uh, in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer Yes, I think that's, I think that might be what you're referring to. And you speak to this, but when you talk about like bodybuilding is what you do, but that is not why you're beautiful. Like the invincible summer within you is what brings you confidence and purpose. And, you know, that's who you are, not Mm -hmm. what you you're doing.
0: Oh absolutely. It's, I'm not beautiful because I can morph my physique into looking a certain way or because I don't have a blemish on my face right at this moment. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> at this in this second. You know, I'm beautiful because the character I have and and the person that I I continue to strive to be for others and allowing myself to not close my heart off to the world, Mm. you know, and love other people. And I think, you know, that's one of the, you know, there have been good things that have come with struggling with depression. One being is I don't want people to feel left out or alone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hyper conscious of that. Like if we're in a group setting, like making sure everybody's Mm -hmm. being talked to and feels a part of and welcomed. Yeah, and I I channel that into my everyday life with my work, and you know, with my clients. I am like, we're going to have a good relationship. You know, (laughs) we choose to work together uh, because that's where we see results, right? That's where we we connect, and and we need that.
1: So I
0: really, I really like that quote a lot. I think I'm gonna
1: make that my screen saver. (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a true. It's a really good one because I think we all have that. But it takes vulnerability. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I find most beautiful about you is your vulnerability, saying, you know, what you said about part of your beauty. You said many things is in not closing yourself off to the world. And that is vulnerability, not having to protect yourself all the time, not having to be scared that somebody's going to say you're arrogant because you say you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I would love to kind of wrap up this episode with a challenge for people to anyone listening to find and I'm going to do it too. find somebody today that you feel safe enough to say hey I was challenged to say these words out loud and so I'm going to do it and just see how it feels I am beautiful I am a beautiful person and leave it With no, no, like, you know, despite this, or even though this, or like, this is just, you like, just say it out loud. And if that is too scary, because I I know it can be to find one or two, I'd love it if it was three, three is the magic number here, (laughs) but three things about you that are beautiful. It can be outside, but inside as well. And Mm -hmm. I'd love that that's incredible yeah it,
0: it, game changer
1: <laughs> yes game changer yes for sure so when this hits instagram with in with uh kim does these awesome covers i'm gonna remember to say you know please comment your three things here yes, and challenge people so because you're awesome <laughs> yes
0: yeah, so we all are that was incredible thank you i uh i'm excited for who will hear this and who it'll touch i'm i'm excited that you know this message that we have for women and men uh, to you know and to understand that they you can say and acknowledge that you're beautiful and that you're great and that you're talented and you can look at yourself in the mirror and not you know jump yeah. <laughs> and just and be happy and grateful and it's just so cool that that we uh, have this opportunity to do so. And I'm so grateful for all the fellow athletes before me who have shared their story and been vulnerable because it keeps the message alive. And that's what we're here for, right? For sure. And to let other people know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it. it is, you're not in the in a bad place, just because you feel a bad way.
1: Yeah. Gabby, thank you so much for all of this. And I want to wish you so much luck with what you have coming up in your competitions, but also in your business and your writings and all that you're sharing with the world. And thank you for sharing it. Yes. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, we will be connected and we will talk soon. So take care. I will. You as well. Talk to you soon. Again, a big thank you to Gabby Contreras, as well as our producer Graham Doty and our editor Chelsea Battle. If you're struggling at this time, please reach out to family friends or licensed mental health professional in your area. Also, we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear about So please reach out to us at info at holinskyshope.org. Let us know all that would be helpful for you and your fellow athletes to hear about. Share this podcast with anyone you believe would be helped by it. Subscribe to it, rate it, and review it because that helps other athletes find the podcast. If you would like to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student-athlete mental health and reduce the stigma that surrounds mental illness, visit www.holinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourself, please take care of others, and always have hope.